Welcome to The X Podcast. It's so good to have you wherever you're listening, watching, whatever from. I've got my boys here. Russ and Tim, good to see you, friends. Bonjour. 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 Really? I I, I don't know. What does that mean? English, Uh, It means I love you in France. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Have you ever been to France? No. I want to. Bucket list. I have have not. Paris. Paris. My Perry, favorite ever day Strasbourg, of my life on a vacation. See, si, se puede. I, um, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> what was your favorite we part went of France? To, uh, Champagne country. Yeah. And so we. You like, actually went to Champagne, the only place Champagne can actually come from. Right. Technically. We toured like a like a small thing. Vineyard. Vineyard, I think, right? But then we went to Moet and Chandon. Mm. And. Uh, I gotta say, I was not a Sounds huge like fan. Austria. I was not a huge fan of Paris when I went there. I believe that. I liked Strasbourg way better. Really? I think it would be the difference of going to, um, and we went to Strasbourg several times. I think the difference would be like if you said, "Do you like New York City or Chicago better?" Mm. So for different what would reasons. You say? Well, a lot of people that like Chicago better is it's smaller. It's probably a little cleaner. It's yeah. probably whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like those comparisons. I mean, it's yeah. Paris is. Paris, we went to the Louvre. We I feel went like to I would love Paris. The, yeah. You probably would, but you know, you're a hopeless romantic. Mm-hmm. And, I love uh, And hopeless Paris. foodie. And we had a great time in Paris. Yeah. London, I, think, I, think, I did not like London. I think Strasbourg. Really? London was really more, vanilla. I think it was just more of and a. Dreary. It's more of a. Yeah. It's less of a commercial, Food big, sucked. huge city, and it was more yeah, of like that. a pure French city yeah. that yeah. has a lot of the still got rivers still has big cathedrals it has like so it was a little bit more of i think an authentic yeah french not paris but actual mm. more countryside french with a big city we were you. lucky because we got to do the countryside thing my grandparents took like 18 of our family when That's i was a senior cool. in high school That's i mean awesome. it was nuts and so we stayed in some boutique hotel there's only 18 rooms in the entire place wow and that's cool i mean it was super felt like taken yeah for real i mean it was <laughs> definitely a little so, oh, paris yeah. is a little spooky if you've it never is. been that's, if I'm you're not like you, familiar you with european yeah, culture yeah. like it they look at you funny because you you're go american pretty much any place else in europe though or is it just we france london and paris milan and rome okay mm. so you skipped all the good parts in between you easy. took trains to easy. them all. I, I didn't the best parts the were in between that. You lived in, in Europe. Okay, so okay, we went I'm to Champagne saying. Country, and that was awesome. You yeah, get to, that you get amazing. to. It was like a, it was like huh. Disney. <laughs> like it was like all really. The, yeah, it felt That's like you were at Beauty and the Disney Beast, for drunks. You know? What do you mean? Stop. I'm sorry. We, we had. To, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it alliterated. Okay, yeah, I was Catholic at the time. We used to drink at church. <laughs> I. Uh, it was great. It actually was the same. There was some. I think the. Boston bomber was captured in where we were in wow. Champagne really? country. That's I, interesting. I might need to be. Uh, I don't think that that's was true. Huh? No, I think he was. N- captured well, in not according France. to the movie. Maybe the movie that came out about when they what captured the Boston no, bomber. You're thinking about the Atlanta Matt? bomber from a no. few years ago. No, no, no. The movie that came no, out. No, with no. The chunky. Kid. I think no. Because don't you remember? I, I think Mark Wahlberg played played the police I'm officer. Two bombers. You are Mark Wahlberg played the police officer, and there was the hunt for the guy. That uh, bomb. There was like two brothers or something, and there's a movie. It was Goodwill Hunting. No, my you're, gosh. No, no, no. All right, are stop, you thinking about Saving Private Ryan? Stop. <laughs> oh, speaking of movies, speaking of hunting, and speaking of Liam Neeson, uh, can I just say, <laughs> um, Tim here is is gifted at many things. 
gifted at speaking, gifted Stop. at leading, gifted at writing. <laughs> Stop. There's you know, one, there's one thing he is not gifted at. I want to tell you at, this. I want to tell you this. picking movies. I want to tell you this. We went and saw a movie. Here's Why what's is your funny. face I want, getting red? I want to tell you something funny about this. <laughs> he goes, this. let me tell you. It's going to be full of action. No, I didn't say that. Full of adventure. I did not. It's like Liam Neeson taken, but with Matt Damon. I never, I never said that. Three First hours of all, and no action later. It, was, it wasn't that three was the hours, time I've it seen was one of the most boring movies I've ever been to. I've never seen you that quiet. I've, you were it was it was pretty bad. You felt bad about it. You no, apologized. I, I did apologize for suggesting <laughs> it. Now here's what's interesting. My wife said that some of I like my daughter's too, guys. friends, I love going and some of my daughter's friends <laughs> I must went have, and saw I must that have movie the and they liked it. Eight seventeen year old, eight year old said they liked it. Said it was good. So I think maybe the problem is more you. Did you like it? No, I thought it was awful. Okay. It's called Stillwater. <laughs> I just do not yeah. recommend it. Well, if the, you want to go to bed, well, the whole movie was still for three hours. <laughs> yes. Never moved at all. If that's what but, Stillwater, Oklahoma is like, yeah, I will avoid Stillwater. Did you email Oklahoma. me my invite? Or yeah, I had no. Let me tell you something was funny. You Next time, I would appreciate if you take my invite <laughs> uh, when he recommends a movie because <laughs> that. <laughs> was, <laughs> sure, it was pretty oh, bad. But speaking, but speaking of France. France is the host country of the next Olympics. That's right. Did you know that? Closing ceremonies 2024. Today, we wanted to have a conversation to recap the Olympics. How much Olympics did you watch? (laughs) Listen, I gave, I I actually tried to say that I would not be very valuable for this conversation. So I'm emphasizing my uselessness. Can I just say I really enjoyed Mike Tirico in it, though? Did you think Mike Tirico did a great job hosting it? For the parts that he did, I so, liked him a lot. The Olympics is Mike great Tarantino, for many reasons. Mike Tirico, you see that they stole Quentin. Maria Maria Taylor? Huh? They stole Maria Taylor from ESPN. Where'd they put her? That's not who. Oh. Hosted Maria on. Taylor. Yeah. The uh, up and coming journalist from ESPN, the one that Nick Saban yelled at. Yeah. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. Um, and she got like how she handled it. She got yeah. like rave reviews. Oh yeah. Anyway, she's College Game Day. Yep. Yep. Usually with David Pollock. Anyway, NBC stole her for for the Olympics. I don't know if it was for I the Olympics. She, I, she wasn't on the Olympics. Yes, she was. That wasn't her, the one with the uh, English accent. Of course not. That I found interesting. Uh, Google Maria Taylor had, right found now. It, you, I found, you know she's I on found the interesting. You that watched we're the at the Olympics, broadcast. and it's the U.S. and the U.S. broadcast. Right. For most of them, <laughs> is run by yeah, a right. British. Lady in Tokyo, in Tokyo, and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm cool with this. I, in fact, I love. I think the British accent's awesome, but I'm like, we are all United States of America right now. Well, you need to have an accent from the middle of the country. That's, is that gonna... why you posted Merca last night? Stop it. Drop your MAGA hat. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Oh, Did you just man. say MAGA hat? We're just giving oh you a hard time. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you, are, you are, I think, the most unpatriotic person. You didn't watch one bit of the Olympics, Wait, and yeah. you were telling me the other Wait, day how you what? would not even cheer this was for American athletes this was because a conversation of all of the... About socialism. He okay, just, sorry. He cheered for all the all He cheered the for every Russian country. Athlete. Yeah, he did. See, listen, here's the thing. People can tell when I'm kidding. Wearing, They're going to think you're being real. You were wearing a jacket that had ROC on it the whole time. Yeah. That's not true, and I can prove it. I don't you know what that means. What country is rock? What country is That's rock? That's what I'm saying. I have no idea. Do you know what country rock is? ROC. Rockavania. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of found this. That's a, I thought that was kind of 
highly controversial. What happened to that? So first so of all, Russia, from Russia the... got banned because their anti-doping agency, the right. Russian anti-doping agency, was found guilty of basically turning a blind eye to athletes who were doping. Ooh. Okay, shocker. <laughs> yes. I'm so shocked. So, so shocked. Can so, you believe so, it? So the, the agency in Russia that is supposed to be responsible for making sure their athletes don't dope was found guilty of basically allowing their athletes to dope. Right. So they got Putin banned. was not above board. They got banned. So... What, and, what, and then they basically, Russia ended up appealing to some whatever court that did allow Russian athletes to participate. They were not allowed to participate under their, uh, and wear their colors. Hmm. They were not allowed to have Federation of Russia, whatever, on their stuff. They were given a different name to operate under, which is the Russian Olympic Committee, or ROC. <laughs> I still don't. To me, that, that just, I even heard some of the athletes kind of talking about it, like, afterwards, because... I don't remember if it was in uh, either men's gymnastics or something, but it was just kind of like you you know that a lot of these athletes were not clean, mm-hmm. not clean, and that's why you banned them, but then you allow them back into the sport to compete right. just under something else. And I think at the next Olympics, they can't actually compete under Russia and their whatever I, their national. The Olympics is funky in that way because there's always the whole international sports scene is crazy. You got the Chinese of the world who they have like the youngest – athletes ever i was watching the one night a lot of times would be 13 and 14 years old 13, i was watching mm-hmm. diving i think it was a thir- diving that a 13 year old diver yes and that's 13 year old you don't like they displace were eight years old. a lot of water when you're 13 that's right it has to be cheating well no it was funny because there was a 13 year old well, and then there was a like 38 year old well here's for a country a, that yes doing it for by the way great story was the gymnastics story of the lady yeah. who was like what she in her 40s, 40s or something. 48 years old or something like that. It's crazy. Like 90 something Olympics. I, that was a big, I remember one of the previous Olympics. That was actually a big part of the controversy when it came to gymnastics and other things. Wasn't it Russia? That no, had really I, young well, girls. I, no, doing... China did. China did. I remember the last one. China did. Just what you're saying. And the U.S. had, so it kind of goes back to, it reminds me of basketball years and years ago when we would only let college athletes, if they were professional, we were not allowed to participate in the Olympics. Right. And when you think about that, what we had was we had our college athletes, the same thing I think we did in hockey mm-hmm. for the longest time, right, were participating or going against professionals in other countries. Mm-hmm. And we, were, we would never win hockey. That's why the 1980 dream, t- or, you know, the miracle on ice, mm-hmm. that's why it was such a miracle. It's because it was college, ath- college hockey players or non-professionals going against. And you got to admit, the best hockey players pretty much in our world are not from America. Right. <laughs> so right. so they, they, they would almost Amateurs, never win. Right. And so for them to win, that's why it was a miracle on right. ice. And so the same thing in basketball. And there was, still, there was still talk about that with gymnastics because I believe we had a cutoff age. Mm-hmm. You had to be a minimum age mm-hmm. to be able to go to compete. They did not. Right. And so some people thought, hey, this is unfair. You know, they don't have mm-hmm. – not everybody's playing by the, the same rules. It's really strange. I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing to watch. Even in some of the prelim rounds, like for track and field, yeah. you see some of these fringe countries that have one or two athletes that they send to the Olympics, and they're not even close to the. You know, you see these like qualifying rounds to the Olympics where some some girl from Bahrain is yeah. running a fifteen but second. It's, but it's sig- it, but it, some of those are significant because I, I thought, and I don't. I wish I I had kind of paid more attention to which ones. But when you'd hear about some nations, it would be like f- one, first gold medal ever. Right. You think about right. we. We lead the race in gold medals, and we can take that for granted in the United States. We ended up edging out China. We beat them last time, 
in Rio, we beat them again, but at the very end, the women's indoor volleyball match, the last oh, thing wow. to happen, put us over the edge with 39 golds, wow. and they had 38. We were tied. And so then you look at that some of these smaller nations, some of them never had a medal, yeah, ever. Let's talk about some of your favorite things to watch in the Olympics. Then we'll get into some some of the. What's your favorite thing to stories? watch, Russell? Listen, Russell. I already un-American, Russell. Vol- I am very American. Mm-hmm. Are you calling me un-American because I did not have time to watch the Olympics? Yeah, that in your ROC jacket. So, <laughs> okay. What what typically would you say is your favorite I like thing how to watch? I'm kind of out of the frame. In summer Olympics, you, know I mean? you guys are taking the shots. <laughs> what? I'm over no. here. I know. I didn't get, shots I didn't get, at me. For I literally said, "Should I movie. be in this one?" Because I didn't get to All watch right. any of it. I didn't get an invite to the movie, but I'm also <laughs> out of the conversation. <laughs> what so. typical? What typically is your favorite not, summer Olympic? If you uh, say downhill skiing, I'm just gonna. <laughs> Uh, I mean, cool running's got me super into bobsledding. Okay, so we're I'm gonna kidding. move on. Summer Olympics. Kidding. Um, honestly, anything. I mean, gymnastics is always fascinating to watch. Mm, why? Um, the men's or women's? Uh, either one. What are you trying to say? I, Although I will say, I don't care to watch my, the men's gymnastics. There's something about women's gymnastics that's just huge in our country, yes. and men kind of take a they yeah. go by the wayside. Yeah. Um, so I started watching it in second grade. I think it was second grade. So that I'm would be 2000 the, and what? Oh, very funny. What was it? Sorry. I remember Yamaguchi. Christy Yamaguchi? Christy Yamaguchi. Okay, that was my skating. first Olympic so you just, crush. But then there was a... But then there was a um, <laughs> we just jumped a winner. <laughs> but then there was a... Um, the, but there, there was some... I forget. There was some gymnast right. I was trying to look up mm-hmm. earlier. That, Mary Lou Retton. No, 1984, she it. won gold. If you, if you said the name, I would know. Carrie Strug? <laughs> no. That was a big story. Sean Johnson. Sean Johnson. She won gold. Nastia Lukin. Nastia Lukin. She won gold in 2008. Jeez, you are good. Yeah. It, the, it, the U.S. has won gold in all around the last five Olympics got, in a row. Audrey was a gymnast. For she a was in time. gymnastics for and a long while, so we paid attention follow to her footsteps. So. Right. I um, I believe Sean Johnson. Gymnast. I could be wrong. I think I think Sean Johnson won gold in 2004. Yeah. Which would have been in Atlanta. No, no 96 no, no. was Atlanta. Sorry, 2004 was. She was not over. That was Athens. That was Athens. 2004 was Athens. In 2008, I, I think, think not. Right. In 2008, I, I believe it was Nastia Lukin. In 2012, it was Gabby Douglas. In 2016, it was Simone Biles. Gabby Douglas. What happened to Gabby Douglas? She competed in two Olympics, and she, interestingly enough, um, Gabby Douglas, after her first gold in Olympics, um, she, I believe, she took some time off of gymnastics. Mm-hmm. At that time, we were entrenched in gymnastics. That's how I know this. Yeah. She took off a year or two. Was going to maybe quit. Decided she was going to get back into it. Actually, moved to Columbus. And she went to Buckeye, Buckeye Gabby. Premier. That is a uh, big gymnastics Gabby club. Gabby Douglas did? Yeah, Gabby wow. Douglas was living here in Columbus. She went to Buckeye. That was a, a gym in Westerville, hmm. I think, Ohio. And she was training for, I think, a year or two years right here in Westerville, mm-hmm. Ohio. Uh, at the time when we were driving up to Lewis Center five days a week for Audrey to train in gymnastics. Wow. And um, Beijing. She was right there. by the Olin uh, Sean Johnson. Sean Johnson. Was Johnson. Beijing. When you, what year was that? That was a great Olympics. You got Michael that Phelps. That was 2000. Sean Johnson. That was. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Phelps in Beijing. He, he tore it up. That made swimming are fun. We, yeah. Are we ever going to return to those days? I, I don't know if we have any like, male star power in the Olympics. Well, you, I mean, I, I, you go back even further. I do think about Michael Phelps as probably the last like huge legend when it comes to the, the Summer Olympics. I remember, shoot, what was his name? Uh, Michael Johnson. I don't know if you remember Michael Johnson. He was the uh, track and field guy, star that wore uh, gold shoes. I don't know if you remember him. Mm-hmm. So right before Usain Bolt really took over the mm-hmm. champion and basically is the world's fastest man, Michael Johnson in the 100 and the 200, I think this would have probably been in the 90s, mm-hmm. he, was, he was electric. And it was mm-hmm. just kind of a huge name when you come to men with Olympics. But there's, 
Man, There's not a lot. Usain Bolt, Michael Phelps, <laughs> Sean Johnson, Nastjulukin. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was pretty nuts. The U.S. did. Oh wait, well, U.S. Athens, Athens I remember yeah, was great. Athens was in 04, I think. Or maybe, is Athens 04? Athens is 04. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Beijing 08. So wait a minute. Nastia Lukin won in 08. That's what I said. She won gold for women's all around. I can't remember. Anyway, um, gymnastics is your thing. I mean, yeah, I think whenever I would watch What are the four main apparatuses? That they do in gymnastics, since since women's gymnastics oh is your gosh. favorite. When we go men, what are the four main? I never dove what into the four? studying for no, no, gymnastics. No women, no women. Just do women. Floor, okay, floor. Beam uneven. rings, bars, bars, uneven bars. Uh, the the beam, the beam. That's the yep. beam. Is it and then what else? Beam, and then the um, what's it called? Vault, vault. Yeah. Those are the four. By the way, a little unknown fact: What order do they go in when they do all those events? Vault. Okay. Number one. Yeah. Uh, number two is uneven bars. Okay. Yeah. Number three is beam. Yep. Number four is floor. Why? Because that's the way it no, goes. That's not the way <laughs> it why goes. Why do you know these things? It's because my daughter competed in gymnastics mm. to level I seven think or eight. My kids but here's would why. Be good at gymnastics. Here's why. They might be. Because they're short. Here's why. And kind of wide. You know, <laughs> like their dad. Yeah. Um, just so you'll know, it's alphabetical order. <laughs> okay. All so it right. doesn't matter whichever one they, because they start different people in different <laughs> rotations. Bars. You beam, built that up like there was a philosophical. Yeah, well, no, that's why I was asking if you knew. Guess why? You know what's crazy is you got it <laughs> because you thought about the actual Olymp- how they yeah, did it, did. but you actually got it right. That's good. When, I mean, you started with Thank vault, you. but you actually got it right. That's what they would do. Well, that's all for. <laughs> just kidding. For today's podcast. Yeah, let me just clarify. Uh, I just usually enjoyed watching what was on at night <laughs> when I when I watched it. So I whatever what, you drill me on, I'm probably not going to. Okay, know. so tell me what you like watching because we we watch. So answering. in my in my household, almost every evening. During, we watch Olympics most evenings. I wouldn't say most, but several days during the week. We had to watch all of the gymnastics. Yeah. Again, because we lived in that world for a long time. And so my wife, my, my daughter, we love it. So we watch all the gymnastics. Did Lorley do gymnastics? No. Um, she did a lot of driving and watching gymnastics. <laughs> okay. So you learn a lot about it when you do that. Uh, we, have some, we have some other uh, ver- gymnasts that go to our church that Audrey used to do gymnastics with that, with, that their daughter is now, I think, competing collegiate gymnastics and some cool. other stuff. Um, and so gymnastics, we watch, I love the swimming. Swimming is my Mm. absolute favorite. And here's why there is nothing more thrilling than swimming races because they're short, they're quick. And you usually have the margin of victory is hundreds of seconds. Right. Whenever you have an ending like that, I mean, sometimes even track and field, like Usain Bolt is like, yeah, we knew he won, yeah. you know, the 200. Yeah. We knew he won at 150 meters in. He was so far ahead. The visuals are good for the but, swimming, but, too. But when you see, they see their hand, fingers on hand and, touch, in and fact, the thing comes across the screen. And if you would ask me, greatest memory, Olympic memory, not participating, Michael obviously. Phelps. Mike, not just Michael Phelps, the U.S. team the against the, the relay. Yeah. That relay was insane. I believe it was against, was it the Australians? He came back. He came he, back yeah. at the end, but was it, it wasn't him. It was the, he did, Michael it wasn't Phelps. The British, it was the, was it? No, I think it was Australia. It was either Australia or Russia, but I think it was Australia it was that Pakistan. they were competing against. Michael Phelps wasn't the one who brought it home. It was, uh, it wasn't Ryan Lochte. It was the other, it was the other, it was the other guy that brought home (laughs) the anchor, but that they won gold. What was it? It was like one, one hundredth of a second. Yeah, it's like the fingernail thing. It was, I mean, it, that, they actually ran a a documentary on it. That was by far the most exciting thing I've ever seen in the Olympics. So swimming and gymnastics. Swimming, gymnastics, and track and field. Track and field. Three favorite. What about the 92 Dream Team NBA? That was cool. I was big on that. that. I watched that because that was the first time the NBA was in it, and they awesome. wiped the floor with people. Now it is basketball. It is Very a lot more, lot, lot more even because Luka there are and there's international stars. Well, there are NBA NBA players on every team. Yeah, 
When they played Slovenia France, is when they one played of the France, best teams. Three basketball because really? Doncic, yeah. Well, and, uh, no, France, France played. France played in the gold medal, and France beat right. us in the first round. Mm-hmm. But three, I think, of their five star or five starters are starters in the NBA. No, no. So uh, you have Australia's good. Australia, that's a good team, and Slovenia is good because of Luka Doncic. Right. <laughs> he single handedly got them all the way. Yeah, I mean, Incredible. I think that it's it's fascinating. We watched. I think my my favorite swimming for sure. I got a swimming story. I'll tell you. Uh, and then gymnastics, I I like watching. I just didn't get to watch a lot of it mm-hmm. for some reason this time. Track and field, I thought was boring this time around. Uh, I love the really obscure sports mm-hmm. that you get to watch, like skateboarding. So you'd spend a night <laughs> watching some sort of obscure thing, like water polo. Yeah, those people beat the crap out of each other. <laughs> oh my! You're treading water back and forth, back and forth. I can't forth imagine just this. treading water that entire time. And then you're catching, I would drown. You're catching the the. It's almost like a volleyball. Yeah. And there's penalties, but it's hard to even understand because they are, I mean, yeah. they are drowning each other. Yeah. I mean, it's, they're messing with, kicking each other underwater. <laughs> and it's wild. Hmm. Um, and then the did goalies we, win? Are we did not water. win. We didn't win. I, I don't even know. I just watched oh. it. Um, Somebody could. I, I, I don't follow up on who wins very much. I was watching uh, the triathlon. There was some girl from, uh, from some island. It was the first time that island had ever won anything. Oh, really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Some island in... Um, what about like the Cathalon? Did you follow that? I don't know. No. I don't know. Ten events? I, I watched the swimming, swimming, biking, and running. Which mm-hmm. That's miserable. a triathlon? Yeah. They had all sorts of different weather. Yeah. Like, it was sweltering hot. Like, there I was like a typhoon that. or something. Mm-hmm. And it was raining. It so, was it was it was pretty forth. fascinating watching all those things, that, um, especially the obscure sports. I thought was fascinating to have skateboarding in there, mm-hmm. where yeah. that's always been such a like a misfit, just thing. yeah, an urban misfit type of thing. And you know, if you're a skater, you're a, you know, it's like it's not a real sport. Mm-hmm. And to see, I love that, and I love because I used to love playing. I don't as much today, but for years I'd watch Olympics and the Summer Olympics, and I would say, why is golf not in this? But they're in it. Now. They're in now. Yeah. But it, last, I think last time was the very first time they had it Probably and i'm like it's, it's such a horrible inter- to watch but it's an international oh my sport gosh i mean it's so, it, even the pga is it is an watch. international what's sport. worse to watch uh golf or fishing oh uh, fishing, fishing. That's, that's miserable it's i'd rather really watch golf a lot more exciting than golf if you play golf then you can appreciate watching golf it's still kind of boring but you can appreciate you, when I mean, you can see sure. them hit stuff like they can hit it's pretty fascinating the u.s by the way you think so? men and women won gold I, I was surprised. I didn't think it would happen. I, I think, appreciate the, the way sausage tastes. I just don't like watching it being made. <laughs> true. Yeah. I, that is not a good analogy. You're right. Yeah, that would actually is. be a lot more exciting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh. Uh, I, we watched, um, oh, beach volleyball. Yes, I watched, I watched beach ball. Love beach volleyball. Because hmm. it's that'd constant be cool. action. Well, that'd be fun. And, yeah. and when they had Misty May Trainer yeah. and Carrie Walsh dominate the sport for how many? Three, four Olympics? A long time. Marvelous Misty. But now it's and then, <laughs> April Ross. April and, and a, Alex. Uh, Alex. Alex Kleiman. Yeah. 6'5". I'm just athletic as all just, get out. I yeah. Mean, and they are just awesome. And watching my men's big, volleyball. My wife's big question was, why do they have to wear such small bathing suits? I know. Seriously. <laughs> that became a but topic that was of a conversation. Story, yeah. What did you say? Story story. Because there what was, did you say? I said, so you can maybe get around a little faster. I have no idea why. But they, but they were doing like. <laughs> so you thought <laughs> it was this a joke. for aerial purposes. No, it was a joke. They, they were doing like I don't know desexualization why. movements yes, or something. So there was, a, there was one nation. Wait, was that the G- Germany? Yes. Was, was it in volleyball they wanted, that they did that? Yeah. I think it was. I don't know if it was volleyball, but they were like. Swimming? 
We wanted to Something wear gymnastics. Well, no, in gymnastics, the German it was women's a gymnastics. team. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. wore different leotards. I think that went down further. It was it was something about it, and yeah. that was yeah, what they claimed. That. But I guess that violated the rules. Like they, they have very like even even in volley, volleyball beach ball, they have rules. Your uniforms like we're giving you your uniforms. You have to wear it. So mm-hmm. what's crazy? I thought. Remember you think that's this? commercialization? And I, no, love I have the, no idea why. I, I love the ping pong nature of this conversation. <laughs> But, Speaking of that, but is ping pong sport? Is, yes, it is. I love sport. watching ping pong. Actually, <laughs> let's talk about badminton. Well, real okay. quick, let's t- let's see. Well, you know, I mean, there was there was a story around badminton because Japan did not win. Remember those? And or um or sorry, China did not win. They win every time. Chinese Taipei won. Ooh. And that was a whole thing in itself. In fact, just a. Just alone. Sounds that, like they're that, about to get conquered by China. Just the whole Taiwan versus whatever. <laughs> Militarily. And the, and the fact that Chinese Taipei, they actually get to, um, they get to compete under that name. Too. They get to compete under that name was fascinating. But I guess, in, in, for just to give you an example of some cultures, um, the, when you are expected to win, mm. like in China, yeah. and you do not win gold, they receive death threats. They're told, I mean, on like some of their forums and their like the apps they have, like, don't even bother coming back to your country. I mean, uh, it it was awful the way some of these athletes were treated. Wow, that's horrible. They're really horrible. Remember those long swimming pants they used to wear? Yeah, they don't wear them anymore. Mm-mm. So it must mean that they were garbage. They used to say, "Why do you wear these things?" It's because it helps you get through the water faster. Right. But they don't wear them anymore. Do they, they ban them because it was I true? Maybe they ban them because they're awful looking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just remember thinking that those used to be the thing, and now nobody mm-hmm. wears yeah. them. Yeah. By the way, another little odd fact. Yeah. Those uniforms, I forget what they're called. My wife was mentioning the name of these uniforms. Swimmies. No, they're not called swimmies. <laughs> Underroos. I don't know what they're called. But those really, really tight, like, you know, they hold them all in. Yeah. Uniforms, I guess, are incredibly fragile and can rip like that. Oh, like, there's no. something about the material. I'm sure they brought multiples. Mm-hmm. That, that, and they're very expensive. Like hundreds and hundreds of dollars, hmm. but I guess they're of some kind of material that's supposed to help you glide through. But I've I've been told they can rip anybody that's maybe swam for years or if a parent of a swimmer knows that they cost a lot of money and they rip the mm. easiest. Yeah, wow. I would love to shift the conversation towards some of the stories that came out. Oh uh, yeah, of the Olympics. So there's been a lot of you know we mentioned Gabby Douglas and the whole. She wasn't there. No, not Gabby Douglas. Oh, okay. uh, Simone, Biles. Uh, Simone Biles. The whole mental health conversation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and and. Uh, the twisties that she mm-hmm. she got the she twisties. competed in beam and got bronze which is pretty awesome Did that's you know? her that is her weakest event if oh, she right. has one she is beam bronze well she doesn't have to do any um like her dismount she changed mm-hmm. to just do like a double layout or something like that mm-hmm. so she didn't have to twist in the air but for uh, for well, she was able to bronze. It came huge. out later that she had an aunt that passed away while she was there. Yeah. Just had a lot going on. And, and the so. triggers from the assault. Right. And all things in the past. Like, it was just a myriad of things that probably contributed to her mm-hmm. getting the twisties. And- yeah, it's just, it, it's interesting, though. You see these stories that develop through the games. Yeah. Right. And we were just watching the interview with, what was the girl's name? Tamara. Tamara. Mm-hmm. And she had won the gold in wrestling. Yep. Right. Yep. And First she's- black woman to win, I don't know if it's medal or gold medal in, re- in women's wrestling. She wrestled for the United States. Yeah. She was just so emotional. Oh. I mean, it was like a must-see interview because yeah. I guess her dad had passed away driving back from That's a what I read. wrestling meet. Yeah, when she was in high school. When she was in high in school. And, and then here she is winning the gold. And oh. She was just over the moon. So Oof. just uh, – I love seeing that kind of reaction. Let's be honest. Like if you watch 
some of the athletes, they win gold, and it's almost like a relief. Yeah. But there's something amazing about mm-hmm. watching some of these athletes that you know it meant mm-hmm. everything to yeah. them. Like, they've, they've devoted every part of their life to training mm-hmm. for this, yeah. and you have one chance. Mm-hmm. And seeing people like that um, just, I don't know, it does something to you. It gives you goosebumps. Yeah. It's just like you're like, I don't know, there's something about mm-hmm. that that is inspiring. Yeah. So do you have any stories that you – Well. There, there was another story that um, I found fascinating was the high jump in track and field. There was an Italian, and I can't remember the other. I can't remember where the other guy was from. It wasn't Nigeria. It was someplace. But and the two of them, uh, they're jumping insane height. I mean, I think it was like almost seven foot. I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, it's just six and a half feet or something like this. And um, so that you get like three attempts or four attempts at each, three attempts at each height, you know. So they end up tying. Mm-hmm. They're the last two left. They end up tying. And they show the Olympic committee guy going over to them, bringing them both over and saying, hey, listen, you guys, they tied. They, and he said, you guys can do a tiebreaker. Uh, and one of the guys, you know, and he says, well, you know, or, you know, I, you know, I think maybe you can share. And one guy looks at him and he, and he was like, you want to share? You want to share? And the other guy was like, "Yeah, I want to share." And the Italian guy throws himself into the other guy, the other competitor's uh, arms. They must have known each other in international competitions, yeah. and just is rolling on the track and just in tears. And it was a really, really cool moment because you got to so see they both got two. Gold. They both got gold. That's crazy. And it was. And you know what? They didn't care. It wasn't cool. like, I got gold. You're the best in the world. Well, actually, I shared it with him. They didn't care. Right. They That's both cool. got gold medals. They were both in tears, elated. And it was just yeah. a neat uh, – it, it wasn't, no, I want to beat you. Mm-hmm. It was – they, they celebrated each other, mm-hmm. and they celebrated their accomplishment yeah, together. Cool. And that was, that was a pretty fascinating thing mm-hmm. between two different countries. Yeah. So I watched the – I think it was the 4 by 100 relay. Yeah, um, U.S. women won. That was the men's. Or men. It was the men's did race. The, I don't think we won. And it was the we first – We No, no, no. It was – if I'm talking about the right relay, it was whatever relay we we've, we've never lost since like 1980 something. We've we've won it every single year, but this year we were the underdogs, and uh, I'm gonna have to look this up. While you're, you keep talking because I'm thinking it was a four by four. But. Great Britain had some one yeah. of the guys that swam one of their legs was like the yeah. best by mm-hmm. far at one. So it was just a matter of whether or not we could keep up. But anyway, just to see those guys like they ended up United States ended up winning. And so to see them win as an underdog, and it was that was my favorite moment. But side note, the guy who swam the second leg for the uh, for the British relay, um, I'll make the long story short. My family took us out to L.A. probably when I was a freshman in high school. We did a trip of L.A. like a we were in a van, it was like one of those. Uh, we did it, not a trip, a tour, yeah. Yeah. And there was one other family in the bus with us, and it was this couple from London. <laughs> And they had a son that was my age, and the son had a friend who was also my age. So, you know, we spent all day together. So by the end of the day, it's like, oh, I'll follow you on Facebook. And um, that was the thing back then. Well, turns out uh, one became an Olympic swimmer. Wow. And swam. He was the second leg. Really? The favorite British team. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I texted him and didn't get a response. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was the 4 by 4 that the is that what it was? Yeah, because I, I think four by one, the U.S. would not have been favorite. In the I last think it was a four by one. It was just down and back, right? I, I, no, four by one is a straight run. 
straight. It's 100 meters. It's a straight. Well, I mean, it's not. It's one lap all the anyway, way around. Sorry. The United States got the outside lane, which I guess means a lot because you get clean water on one side. Oh, you're talking about swimming. I thought you said the men's track. Men's swimming. 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 Oh, never mind then. In the pool. Never mind then. Four by sorry. 100. I, y- y- my bad. I thought you were talking about track and field. Four right? by 100. Four by 100. Because I was mentioning track and field, then you said four by, and I thought you were talking about track that's and field. That's the other Different thing story. that's hard about the Olympics. There's yeah. so much that goes on, you get lost. It's like, I don't We're even doing know. this podcast like this because this is what it was like to watch it's it. exactly <laughs> They right. went, you're going to watch volleyball for five minutes. Yeah. You're going to watch swimming for ten this minutes. This is the quarterfinal prelim. So, four by one, yes, in the, in the swimming. Yeah. Let me ask yeah. you, what inspires you about the Olympics? I, I, it's, what really inspires me, I think, is the, the competitive spirit that, and the pride that these people have in competing against other nations, representing their country, mm-hmm. and you can, when you see that come through, and, and, and it's, it's not that, like, especially the swimming, like, when they do the interviews with them, and I think also having been, um, like, even just for a while, Again, Audrey, by no means, was on a track to go to the Olympics. I mean, you're talking about they picked four, was five, four women out of the U.S. to do it, you know. Um, but she, you know, she spent time down at the Texas ranch, the one that was shut down, um, you know, at one point. And I think she was in the top 100 or top 50 or something on her age mm-hmm. group or whatever when she was competing at one point. And so, we like, getting entrenched into it, and if you would see the amount – of sacrifice mm-hmm. that these athletes have to make right. to get there and to their body, to everything. Um, when they achieve that and, and it, it, I don't know, there's just something inspiring to me about mm-hmm. that. Like and, and knowing how hard it is to compete yeah. at any level. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think about it. Even when you're in high school and you're like, yeah, our basketball team was pretty good and we got to go this far. And you think about to compete at a level where it is an international, the best of the best in the world, mm-hmm. and to represent your country and to that, to me, I don't know. It's just inspiring. Yeah. What about you? Um, yeah, e- even though I didn't really get to watch anything except for YouTube highlights at 11.30 p.m. each night of, you know, whatever <laughs> was hitting, you know, reels. Um, it, it's always ins- – I think Olympics is inspiring because it's, it's – uh, you have on the world platform, um, in many ways, the the heights of human excellence, mm-hmm. greatness, mm-hmm. dedication, capacity, and I don't th- I don't think you can not be inspired by that, even if that's not your field. I, th- mm-hmm. I think yeah. And the way my mind works and um, is I always think as far as my own life, my own journey. How can I, even if I'm not in an Olympic sport, I could still bring an Olympic spirit mm-hmm. to any area of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think I told you, but. Back in the fall, maybe, I, I woke up in the middle of the night one night, and I'm one of those weird people. I know this is not healthy. Don't write an email. But I fall asleep with YouTube uh, playing on my MacBook. Um, and somehow it had clicked over to this series uh, by a communicator on training. Um, and he took it from where Paul in the New Testament talks about, I train my body. Like yeah. I beat, like, you know, like an athlete. And really, it was, yeah. it, a lot of Paul's references was talking about uh, in their version of the Olympics of that day. Mm-hmm. And he had this concept that sounds kind of um, cliche, but I just thought was really profound. He, he talked about the, the purpose that everybody has and the um, unlimited potential in many ways that yeah. is inside of human beings. 
but that uh, a lot of times our problem is we try instead of train. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that may sound really like almost like, like semantics, but I, I really like, and, and, he t- and he teased out, of course, the difference of that. He's like, in, in a Christian life, a lot of times we're trying harder. Mm-hmm. Instead, Paul wow. didn't say, I'm going to try. He said, I'm going to train. It's mm-hmm. good. I like and, that. and I started, I wrote down, I, I'll be honest, my plan was much better than my execution. Mm-hmm. But, but I think it was back in the fall, I wrote down a plan for my life and emotional, spiritual, physical, ministerial, professional. Um, what would it look like to train no, in those good. areas that's good. instead of just trying? And so give us an example. Uh, so What's, what was one that you put so in So one example training? would be, okay, so in fitness, which <laughs> that's an easy one. Give us a more difficult yeah. one. Okay. I mean, fitness, you go, well, I train three times a week. Right, I do this. I'm trying to increase my PR. Give us something. Yeah, well, give us I, I, I like the idea. I think we Come should. On. I like but, that well, but, training well, your let, mind. Let, but, let me, let, but let me start with that, though, because in the gym, I had, uh, I had coasted, and I found and I realized mm-hmm. that I was doing the same thing every time I went in there. Yeah. And then, because to me, it was like, oh, I don't, I've never been one of those people that, in the gym that's like into vanity and, oh, my gosh, I'm going to try to You're lift not? a ton. As far as oh. what I lift, no. Oh. I, and so I'm just like, I'm going to try to go there. Like, I'm going to try to be healthy. I mean, yeah, I want to look decent, which don't judge me. I've not been to the gym <laughs> like three weeks. Um, but, but, but That's not true. But, Is it really? I've been once three you weeks. You texted me the other day. About and you once said, three hey, weeks. I'm going to the gym this evening, and once. then we'll go see the awful movie afterwards. Did you go? Nope. I've been once three weeks. But okay. when I watched that, I was like, wait, this could be a new thing to not only make me better, but bring new motivation. What if I actually had a goal of uh, the amount of weight I wanted to lift or body fat percentage or whatever it is mm. and actually trained in that way? That would bring like new it. purpose yes. to working out. So that is a practical example, even of lifting. Um, in another area of life, like let's say instead of just saying, throwing out a vague goal of, I want, let's say the spaces of my life. Like that's one of the things I'm always thinking about, the space of my life, my, my, my home, my uh, office, my car. Like I want to have a space that is um, inviting, clean, excellent. Instead of just saying, hey, I want to, I'm going to throw that out as a vague goal for the next month. So you train if, your house. If, if I would train. I know it sounds weird, yeah. but if I were to tr- say, you know what, I want to have the most inviting, uh, mind-clearing spaces to operate in and create in, the way I would do that is I would have to. I think the difference between trying and training is training has a system with accountability and goals attached to it. Yeah. And so I would say, okay, then 20 minutes a day I'm going to work on this. And I would actually start implementing it into my yeah. writing. Trying is I'm going to try to get this done. Training is I'm not going to show up when I feel like it. I'm going to show up every day whether I feel like it or not. And here are the times that I'm going to get up and write. I'm going to write like a thousand not. words no matter what. I'm going to write a thousand words no yeah. matter what. Uh, tr- trying is, man, I really should grow my walk with God. Training is, okay, here are the times a month I'm going to fast. Here's my read, reading plan in Scripture each day. Here's the accountability for how I'm going to tackle the things that are attacking my spirit and my bad habits, whatever it may be. Uh, anyways, for me, it was just, I'm, it helps me to think yep. in themes in certain areas of my life. So anyways, I created this whole thing as spring training. I want to emphasize, this was a, a moment where my plan was way better than my execution. <laughs> so how did your spring training go? <laughs> Some areas were okay. Some areas I, I, I didn't even get bronze. But, um, <laughs> but anyways, like I think it's great. stuff like that with the Olympics inspires me. And even as I'm talking about, like, man, I'm already thinking in my mind, like there's some areas I need to, uh, I, I need to get back into training. What are some areas that you need to get back into training? What do you mean? Oh, wait, you were trying to throw it at me. <laughs> I, I just, I think that's a, I think that's a, a great concept. I think the discipline I think about the discipline yeah. that it took for those people to, to, to be able to be the best. Right. I think everybody wants to be the best. Mm-hmm. 
very few mm-hmm. will ever do what it takes to be the best. I heard um, John Maxwell say this. Um, I was thinking about this past week. He said, everybody has uphill hopes. Most people just have downhill habits. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. And, and I think that's part of it is how, how do I actually have the habits that create the goals? Yeah. Well, yeah. And, I, and I think that the, the sad reality for, for many of us, because you could take the Olympics. Let's just take the Olympics and say that is the height of whatever they're doing, which is athletes. But if, if we were to, to spread that across to say whatever your niche is in life and whatever your profession is in life, what would it look like for you to say this is this is my Olympics or this mm-hmm. is my goal? Yeah. How do I how do I work toward that and not like I said when I think of try? I how think, do I bring I think my stance? I think maybe it'll happen. I'm just going to try this out versus no. I'm going to change the way I eat. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to try a diet or I'm going to change the way I eat and it's going to be last longer than two weeks. Yeah, it's, you know, and, and I I think that that's the difference. I think uh, millions and millions and millions. Hundreds of millions watch, and we watch with uh, sometimes a critical eye. Mm-hmm. Athletes, think about this: footballs are getting ready to start, mm-hmm. and we'll just sit there in an armchair every mm-hmm. single play. And I can't believe he didn't do this. I can't believe that. Um, but but ninety nine point nine percent of us would never do what it takes to put ourselves in that position to be yeah. able to do it. And so I think you know, in my life, what are the areas? This year, one of the themes for me was I want to be more disciplined. Mm in certain areas. So yeah. I wanted to be more disciplined for writing. Mm. I wanted, so what did I do? I cut out social media. I wanted to be more disciplined in my health. What mm-hmm. I do, I changed what I ate. Mm-hmm. Like I, I had to do those things. And so for, for me this year, I want to, I'm never going to be an Olympic athlete, but right. can I be the best of me? Right. What does it look like yeah. for the rest of the world to encounter the best of me? Yeah. And I think that's something that Instead of just sitting around going, man, must be nice to be that athletic, must be nice to be that good, and your profet must be nice, maybe we ought to just turn around and go, what does it look like for me to be the best in what it is? And it takes a lot of dedication and hard work to do I, I want to throw out one last line I just remembered from that series that I watched because I, because I also think there's a tension right now, too, because in a good way, I feel like all of the issues in society find their way into everything that's happening whether it's the Olympics or yeah. whatever else. And so, like, mental health. That's an, um, that, that was another amazing place for that to become a conversation. Some of the yeah. dialogue's been healthy. Some of it's not been healthy. Yeah. Um, on the other side, I'm curious y'all's thoughts. It seems to be, on the extreme other side, perhaps at times an unhealthy sense of, and I get, okay, give yourself a break. You, we don't live by performance. But at the same time, I, I think there, there's got to be this balance where we, where we we talk about Sabbath, where we rest, mm-hmm. Sabbath, have balance, but at the same time, don't give up a, a ferocity to bring our best to everything. Mm-hmm. And there's a line from that series that I wrote down that um, I'm remembering now. He said, I love this line, he said, don't underestimate the thrill and the joy of bringing God your best every day. Yeah. And I was like, man, that, that, there is a joy that comes on the other side of bringing your best to every area of your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I think I'm vibing with what you guys are saying. The first thing that comes to my mind, though, almost as devil's advocate, is to go, I think, I think that sometimes, uh, I don't think it's uncommon for us to have the illusion that we can be the best at everything. Right, sure. And I think just as important as having the desire to grow and to become excellent in every area, I think you have to take the time to decide what 
is not your area to yeah. like this is not my right. this is not my activity my thing for yes. this season like basketball right, right. well <laughs> I, i'm you know you got to pick your battles right wrestling could be yours nah, wrestling would be my thing i'm yeah. built for wrestling but i'm more so saying i think that you can create a complex of if you're if every area of your life is not excellent at mm. any given time then you're just not excellent right and that's actually just not true right and so it takes, I think, more discipline to go and self-awareness to go, my season is begging of me mm -hmm. to execute this thing yeah. well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's a season of your life maybe where the, your income yeah. requires you to be more excellent in your stewardship of that income. Right. If you don't have a lot coming in, you got to be a lot smarter about how you're managing what is coming in right. and what's going out. Yep. There might be a season of your life where you don't have to be. It's always wise, but maybe right. you don't mm -hmm. have to stare at the budget every single day, right. every single hour, and mm -hmm. you can give your kids $50 to go spend on whatever. And right. you, can be, you can have a little bit more gray room. Right. Uh, maybe you know, you're yeah, at home. Don't you think it's because you were excellent in that to begin with that puts you in the place to be able to do that? I mean, it could be, or you just have an excellent idea that gives you space to – there's people who are rich and have lots of money who have never been excellent You're managing it. at managing. No, I agree with that. Sure. I think um, there, there's this book called One Thing by Gary Keller, and he talks about discipline is an illusion. He said, he said when you see somebody and you say they're really disciplined, mm -hmm. he said what happened is they took one area and they uh, pursued it and became intentional until it became a default mm -hmm. habit they didn't even think about. Yeah. They don't even think about going to the gym yep. until it rolled over into another habit, and then eventually you look at them and you think their whole life is disciplined. I think it's interesting. Mm -hmm. one, of the, one of the statements that you kind of made, and, and I probably have an unhealthy disagreement with it, is um, Stephen Webb, the friend we have from Elevation, or worked at Elevation for a long time, um, always says, oh, when I interview people, I go look at their car. <laughs> I'm like, well, guess what? Um, you can look at mine. I think that's a bogus so, so, judge of character. I think that's a bogus judge of discipline. So is it bad that I wash my car every single week on Friday and vacuum it out? <laughs> no, but I just think that for some people, I think it's a waste of time. For mm -hmm. me, mm -hmm. with and I'm not and I have a different place in life. I don't have little kids. And what I'm, I'm saying is, if, all the time. I could, I would have to do a deep cleaning of my car every single week and spend an hour and a half doing it, or I'll just live with it for a couple of weeks, spend my time doing other things, and do the deep cleaning once a month. Mm -hmm. Guess what? That's more efficient for my lot in life right sure. now. Once I'm done having these do young you do kids. Do the deep cleaning once a month? I pay somebody to do the deep okay. cleaning probably <laughs> okay. twice a year. But that's my point yeah. is that mm -hmm. guess what? For me, I could walk around every day. I get in my car and drive around feeling like a failure, like I'm not excellent. Yeah. Or I could say, hey, guess what? I, I got a lot more important things going on right now. It's more important to me to do exercise daily. It's more important for me to keep certain parts of my house really clean. Sure. It's more important for me to figure out, hey, it's probably not wise for me to spend a night of the week doing this. Mm -hmm. You know, Maybe that's worth $35. Maybe that's worth mm – -hmm. and you, I think that um, – you know, I think that you have to – pick and choose what areas of your life you're going to put your full self into yeah. because you, you only have a hundred percent of you. Mm -hmm. And so you can't put 80% of you into nine things. Yeah. You yeah. have to be wise and choose. And so that's been my, with the whole thing that I'm starting and trying to carve out a new mm -hmm. schedule, that's been the discipline for me mm -hmm. is to go, mm -hmm. <laughs> all right, what yields the best return? Yeah. And when, what time of the day do I have the most energy to do the most important things. Right. And what time of the day is maybe a margin that I can spend 
tidying up or, yeah. or mm-hmm. you know what I mean, going yeah. to the store or things that yeah. – yeah. No, I – I actually do resonate with that. Um, like in season one, I only had three main goals, mm-hmm. like three main goals. And uh, I think we talked about this one time. One of my favorite pictures that helps me when I start to try to do too many things or get discouraged, because I love what you said about the car. Mm-hmm. Irma McManus. Yes, and some, you would. No, because Irma McManus <laughs> two months ago said, if you peer in someone's car, you peer into their soul. And if that's true right now, <laughs> then my soul. Anyways, but um, but uh, my soul is going to sell this car once it gets. You know, it's like I I just I think it's a cheap it's a cheap analogy. Somebody heard somebody say that, and well, I don't think I don't think it's. I think I think when you I think if you would apply that, and and I don't I don't think you can just apply it broadly with broad strokes and say hey, but cars messy. Yeah, I know, but I think you got to remember that quote was initially back to if I'm looking at that person to hire them. In other words, I don't know much about this person. Right. All I know is what they're going to present to me mm-hmm. on the interview. And so, Well, his argument don't... was that your inner world will be reflected in your outer world. Mm-hmm. You mean Irwin's? That, that was his yeah, point. but I'm talking about the quote like, hey, if you're going to hire somebody to interview, you look at their car. It's because you don't have much to go on. So you're going to look and see, does this person seem organized? Do they care about the small things? They care about the small things. They probably are going to care about whatever. And so you're making assumptions sure. and jumps Let's to that. Let's make a different assumption. Right. Yeah. This person has so little to do that they spend this much time cleaning their car every single week. Could be. Or yeah. they might be really right. efficient with their time. Or they could be more efficient with their time and focus on more important things in their context. But what if they've already accomplished those things? Because they put all right. their energy into the few things that really matter. Your point is, is it could be a very <laughs> healthy why life. they're interviewing for a new job. <laughs> Your point, one one of your points could be, because um, the same. We'll have a disagreement the, because this, I think the I, same I, I like having my car clean, but that's I not like more, having my car. I, like well, I don't getting think in my he's car saying it's wrong. Clean. I'm yeah, just he's not going to drive to my to and from every place. Oh, I'm just not excellent. I'm just. I think that yeah, there's a self deprecation when we paint a picture. This image, mm-hmm. I think, is one of. Uh, I think right now is the topic that the world is. Uh, I think maybe it's more your generation that kind of came up and really like uh, try to accomplish a certain image. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the generations right now that are more coming to the forefront are almost, I don't know, uh, uh, there's a real interrogation going on with that idea. You don't think they're as image conscious today? I think that it's way more about authenticity. Um, and I think, I, I don't know. I just think that it's just hard. Right to, now, it's hard to image. put your mind around that with social media. And we're talking about your generation with social media. Yeah. I'm just saying. You would think that excellence would be reflected. It is. Sure, that's but, what I'm saying. It's all about image. As much as you say it's about authenticity, I would say social media has posed that it's less about true authenticity. How is it about? I would say that it's about. You know what I mean? It's about brand, but and it's yeah. about. But you would say the brand is authenticity. Yeah, I think it's about transparency. You're letting more people see you. Mm-hmm. But I mean, TikTok right now, it's yeah. if you have a professional video on TikTok, it's it's not any many better no for the cares. algorithm. It's no not any better for interaction. It's sure. not any better for insights or clicks or likes or comments than if I mean, there's some of the largest people in the world. It's got it's yeah. their iPhone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me close one loop real quick because I actually really do resonate with what you're saying, and I think and when I mention spaces for me, yeah. Um, I there there is a weird sense of peace personally that comes to me when I can be on top of that as a discipline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I can walk into my mm-hmm. home and my space and it be clean. That's like a personal yep. thing. Yeah. And I think what you're saying is nothing wrong with doing that. I think what you're saying is it's wrong if somebody judges somebody's yeah. world for doing that. Yep. Um but one of the, the pictures that helps me 
Um, I think I may share with you is from Stephen Covey's old book, uh, classics. You know, the highly seven highly seven effective, highly effective habits, effective people. And he he gives this. He talks about the seven areas of life that really create who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, your spiritual life, your emotional life, your physical life. And he makes the argument, it is hard, if not impossible, to move one of those really deeply forward Mm -hmm. in a meaningful way um, uh, more than one at a time. Mm -hmm. And he gives this analogy that's helped me at times. He said that the the trick is not to move them all forward at the same time, but to move one forward without the others falling off the tracks. Right, yeah, right. And so for me, that's helped. A practical example would be... um, I was doing the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University plan to get out of debt mm-hmm. for about four years. Mm-hmm. If I had brought my full energy into it, I honestly, um, very fortunate that I was never in a ton of debt. If I had brought like my full force, this is my focus, yeah. I probably could have done it in half a year to a year. Mm-hmm. Instead, I was like, no, I- I'm working on this project, this project, this project. My goal, this way I mentally, is just to keep it on the, the tracks. Mm-hmm. It yeah. may only be going a mile an hour yeah. right now. But I'm going to intentionally not go back into debt. Mm-hmm. I'm going to intentionally at least keep putting a little bit towards this. I'm, I'm just going to keep the plan going, even if it's slow, yeah. Yeah. and keep it on the tracks. But my focus in this area is this. And that was helpful for me, when you, even when you shared that with me. I think I, I don't disagree with you that, obviously, like clean cars aren't bad things. And, and I don't think that you should just give yourself license out of everything that you should be trying better and trying harder at. I'm more saying I think you should pay more attention to the things that constantly eat away at you mm-hmm. and that constantly weigh on you. Yeah. And if driving in a car, a dirty car just ruins your day, then go clean it. Make some time sure. yeah. and that's good. And yeah. make it a part of your rhythm. But if driving in your car and feeling the guilt of having it dirty and just feeling like you're just not good enough and you're in a self-deprecating season of your life where you're just thinking horrible thoughts about yourself, it's more beneficial for you to say, I am not going to hold myself accountable anymore sure. for every time I get in the car acting like it has to be spotless. Yeah. That's good. Because that might be more unhealthy for you yeah. than, than the, than the mess of the car. Yeah. I mean, so that's but, all but I'm that, trying to say. But that, so is, is that what you've been processing lately mm. in the season that you're in? Because uh, no. I have no idea how we got on the subject of no, cars. I think it was just the the whole idea of I totally agree with your idea of Olympic spirit and that thought. I think that's well, awesome. I think, but you one of the you're just saying to you, skew it in no, the direction that it matters. Yeah, in that but season. so do they. Right, right. But so right. do they. Do, you don't think that it, there's no one athlete that I know of that was there competing in both swimming and track. Right. Any athlete that is going to be the best of what they do, it's because they said no to all kinds of other things. Well, maybe I that's mean, the, maybe I mean, that's, that's a, isn't that part what? B to the to the discussion. Maybe that's it. it. Going back to Paul, who always used all these Olympic analogies, what what is one of the many things he's famous for saying? Well, the this one thing, right. the ver- the there was a version of Olympics that was around there in Greece. But um, he said this one thing I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 Paul, who was maybe the most effective writer and church planner in the New Testament, you know era was known for laser focus and so maybe that that's well, another that's, takeaway I, I think that olympics is, have focus on what matters we said that though i mean i think the athletes that have competed at the highest level they have strict discipline in that field mm-hmm. but the only way that you become that great is because you are saying no to a lot of other things mm-hmm. Not saying you're, you know, you're set. In other words, you don't have the time to go waste or go have fun or go do this because they're dedicated to, to working out, to mm-hmm. doing whatever, six days a week. A lot of them, most of them have to work jobs. Mm-hmm. Most of them are doing this on their own time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you, some of those, like you said, obscure sports, mm-hmm. nobody's paying a lot of those. Water polo? I don't know of a professional water polo league 
in the U.S. Let me so say this. those people are all training or doing other things while they're probably working jobs and having to earn money. So, that, But they just have to say yes to something so that you say no to other things so they can say yes to that. Yeah. I just think the unintended takeaway that might be perceived on the other side of a conversation about the Olympic spirit, mm -hmm. which I totally agree with, and I think it's like I'm going to take that. I, like that encourages me. I think is the illusion that because someone is excellent at swimming yeah. means that they're, you know, let's just stay on this train, it means that their room is clean. Sure. Or that because someone, guess, because someone is the fastest runner on the track and they have worked and worked and worked or they won the first wrestling Olympic medal, because of all that, their relationship with their spouse or their family is good. Oh, yeah. Or their spirituality is on track. Yeah. I think that getting the awareness that the spirit of becoming excellent in things is awesome, but also the the illusion that you can be excellent at everything, everything at sure. all times and yeah. that if you're getting praise for something that you're excellent at it means it will shore up all of your failures and deficiencies in every other area that's just not true yeah no but i will say and i completely agree yeah. but um i don't even know this is the devil's advocate but I, I think on the flip side the encouragement though at least um from what I've noticed in my life is many times it's kind of like that keystone habit thing. Many times when I bring excellence to one area, as long as, as long as my life in mm -hmm. general is healthy, yeah, that will actually seep into other areas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times, like it's when I finally get disciplined about this one area, again, not that I can bring my full frontal uh, assault to every area, right. but when I get disciplined and excellent about that one area, that actually builds confidence and habits that spill into the other yeah. compartments. Yeah, yeah and good. rarely do I think that discipline is, is wasted or that discipline is that it will have a negative outcome on your life. I think that choose to become disciplined about something. If you're not yeah. working out, if you're not, you know, taking care of your body, get disciplined. I, mm -hmm. I think that if you pay no attention to what you eat, try eliminating something. I mean, mm -hmm. discipline, yep. is, try reading something. If you're not mm -hmm. reading something, yep. like even if it's just a page or two a day or a week, like that's have a book on your nightstand. Mm -hmm. All these things are great. Your Bible, gosh, try to get on that thing every day. Mm -hmm. But you got to pick and choose what things, um, you know, what things weigh on you. Yeah. Because yeah. not everything should weigh on you the same right in every yes. well we're not yes. made the same right and i think i think in our context we'd say what is your uh what do you feel like is your calling right your mm -hmm. bent right and you should operate and put most of your i say most a, a significant portion of your energy and focus into that yeah because otherwise you know it's like i could i could say i feel called to be a pastor and be spending 20 hours a week trying to become a professional badminton player right. too right and it's like well, okay, I could do that, but I'm probably not. I'm not going to do both well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I'm, I'm, so I have to pick and choose. Yeah. And we go, okay, well, I'm called to do this. Right. Yeah. This is where I'm going to put my energy exactly. and what moves that ball. And that's, I think, I mean, we all agree with that. You mean, yeah. I want to be a great pastor and have a clean car. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can do both. Uh, I, we're not uh, all overachievers, all right? Sorry. I know, your I've Tesla been, is awesome. I've been in, I don't have a Tesla. I want <laughs> one, joking. now. No, and I think we wrap the conversation up. I, I think it's encouraging. I think that... I think that's our maybe our takeaway for today is look at what's in front of you, mm -hmm. look at your assignment in life, and try to put some weight and some value to the things that are most important to yeah. your to your success right now. And train for it. Don't just try. Right. Train for it and add discipline to your life. It will help you in what matters. And I think 
what you added on the end is look at your future, mm-hmm. even through your conversation and with the Stephen Covey, and look at your future. What can you invest in now mm-hmm. in the margins that will yep. pay dividends in the future? Yeah. And how can you bring an Olympic spirit to the things that are most important in your life? Yeah. And I know your car's messy. It's fine. Mine is too. But we love you all. <laughs> and thank you guys. I think it was a fun conversation. No. So. I'm good. Yeah. I did confuse Gabby Douglas and Simone, but it's okay. We love all of you wherever. (laughs) Wherever you're watching, listening from, like, share, subscribe, uh, put it on your social media. We're just so thankful for each and every one of you. We'll see you next time.